Welcome to the Travelling Senorita episode number 14. I am out and about. I have crossed the border again and I am in Brisbane. I've hit the big smoke today. Look out. And episode 14 of this series, which is all about people to place. Travelling Senorita likes to get out and about and she has got herself somewhere today with a wonderful chef. I love chefs. And I found another one. His name is Stephen Herald. Welcome, Stephen. Hi, Kylie. How are you? Thank you. Um, I love your surname because it reminds me of the Herald Sun. Never heard that one before? No. So, so (laughs) unique and authentic. So I'm going to um, introduce Stephen more about his story when he was growing up and then we'll end where we are today. But I do want to paint this picture because we are sitting underneath the Story Bridge in Brisbane in what is one of the most iconic locations of a disused kind of wharf area what is it Stephen yeah absolutely it was a disused wharf area um, I'm not exactly sure from what um, what era but um, I'm guessing in the sort of 40s and 50s and 60s um, but you know the Howard Smith Wharf precinct is just a magnificent um, project that um, these guys have done down here it's just just brought the whole life uh, to, to well brought the whole area to a new life and it's just it's just wonderful there's just always stuff going on down here it's great for families um, there's just always new, new, new and exciting things happening every week. It's fantastic to, to, to be part of it. I kind of wanted to say that we'll end with the whole story behind this, but I just love where we're sitting because it's really dramatic with the cliff face, faces and this really old industrial cascading copper lift. So I just wanted to paint that first, but let's go back to where you grew up. Where did you grow up, Stephen? Uh, so I grew up in uh, Ballina, northern New South Wales. Um, I was born uh, in Lismore. I lived on a farm in, um, in the Channon for a couple of years, but then moved down to, to Ballina after that. Isn't it funny? Because every time I do food or restaurants, it always seems to go back to the Northern Rivers area. Tell us a little bit about the Northern Rivers uh, for you growing up. Yeah, look, the Northern Rivers was a great place for me growing up. Um, you know, Ballina was quite small back in those days, probably only around twelve or 15,000 people. Um, but, you know, we had the beach there, the river there as well. So it was just a great place growing up, you know, surfing and fishing. And, um, yeah, just such a great place to grow up. Was it more like you were living off the land? Yeah, almost. Actually, my dad, uh, he's, he's German, so he actually uh, was a farmer there for a number of years and, and used to grow a lot of produce, absolutely. So did they immigrate to that area or how did they end up in, uh, in the Northern Rivers area? Yeah, so dad's German, mum's Australian. Um, they met in Sydney and then moved um, north to Lismore um, to buy a farm of all things. And uh, mum was a nurse, so she worked at the Lismore Base Hospital, which is quite a, a large regional base uh, hospital. Um, and dad, yeah, dad was a farmer on the land, so a lot of pumpkins, potatoes, uh, tomatoes, zucchini, that sort of thing. So what do you think as a young boy you learnt from uh, living off the land and watching your dad as a farmer? Yeah, sustainability, I guess, um, which is a big thing nowadays. Um, seems to be uh, increasingly popular. People getting back to the roots and, and just growing things locally. And um, I had this, the slogan was um, buy local and eat local. So, you know, just try and live off the land, what's, what's growing around you. Um, I think there's a lot of wonderful produce. And um, that was pretty evident from my time in Europe as well, um, where the seasons um, play, uh, play a big part in everyone's cooking. So whether it be, you know, strawberries are in season, like everyone's just mad on the strawberries for a, a couple of months and then um, that's finished and then you move on to the next thing. So um, I think earlier on the piece, Australia was such a, you know, it is such a big country and people used to take for granted that, you know, yeah, maybe strawberries are available year round or whatever, but I think it's really important to, to eat um, seasonal. 
must be interesting for you because we're turning back the time now, aren't we? We're actually going back to, um, you know, growing off the land, learning about using the whole animal, sustainability of, of farming through the beast right through to the vegetables. And I have faith in this younger generation because we kind of lost it in the middle there when we became a little bit takeaway food. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I really love uh, that we have sort of come back to these to these grassroots um, because, like you said, yeah, you know, a few sort of, I guess generations ago, or not even that so, so long ago, um, people just tended to, to buy everything all year round, um, and that's where you know you get a lot of imported sort of food and products come from overseas, um, which I don't agree with as a chef. Um, mm. I think it's best to eat you know what we grow locally um, as the seasons grow it. So isn't that funny? Because I didn't introduce you as a chef. I always wait. I go about quarter of the way in. I like to do things my way, the highway. So this is Chef Stephen Herald. And I was lucky enough to meet um, Stephen because he cooked for me recently. But before we go into where he is now, I want to talk about your journey as a chef. It makes sense that you became a chef because of what you learnt as a young boy. And then how did you actually transcide into that occupation? Yeah, look, um, cooking sort of always interested me at at school. Um, I did quite well at, at school. Um, I did sort of have two career options. I, I also wanted to be a builder, but um, yeah, I did that as work experience, but I didn't follow that route. Um, yeah, I started off, um, did some work experience sort of during uh, my year 12 at school and, and really enjoyed it and um, started an apprenticeship from there on and, and moved. Um, I started on the Gold Coast and then went to Sydney for a couple of years and then overseas to Europe for about seven and a half years. So, When you um, went to Europe, were you always chasing the, the dream of chefing or were you going for travelling or were you actually thinking, I'm going over there to cook and to learn? Uh, definitely, I wanted to go over there and cook and learn. Um, yeah, like a lot of great chefs uh, or Australian chefs, they tend to go to Europe to, to learn or to hone their skills, I guess. Um, but yeah, I mean, travel is obviously always, um, I suppose, uh, what do you want to call this? Maybe the side effect of cooking because you want to go and experience different um, cultures and different cuisines. And I think it's a great way to, to learn. Um, and being a chef, I was really lucky that I could experience um, you know, working with some great chefs over there and obviously going to different countries and learning about their, their food. So where did you land when you were in Europe? Um, so I started off in London. Um, I did a tour around London uh, for a couple of weeks. Uh, really enjoyed that and that was a really good sort of grounding, I suppose, to, to just sort of see where I wanted to go back later on and, and, and visit and, and spend some more time. So I was in London for three and a half years. Uh, did quite a big road trip with uh, my best mate for about three months. Um, Don't you love this? I feel, uh, I feel like we're in New York. Road trips are awesome. No, 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 no I'm oh, talking the, the about... Sirens, the, no, yeah. See, because you're a city boy now and I'm, I'm am, kind yeah. of a country girl now. Yes. And so hearing that, you just go, right, we're in the, we're city. In the city. We could yeah. be anywhere right now, Absolutely, Stephen. yeah. Um, yeah, and look, travelling was just fantastic. Uh, from London, uh, as I said, I was there for three and a half years and then I went to Berlin for three years. Uh, just wanted to do something completely different, being in London for three and a half years and, yeah, just wanted to do something different, so packed up and moved to, to Berlin, didn't have a job, didn't know anyone, didn't really speak any German, even though my father's German. Um, and yeah, that was a wonderful uh, experience, really, really great. Where did you work in Berlin? I worked in an Italian restaurant called Bocco di Bacco. Um, Not just, I mean, that's a pretty well-known restaurant. It is, it is, yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's Berlin's best and most famous Italian restaurant, I would say. Um, it's in the Friedrichstrasse, and we had a lot of high-profile uh, politicians come and eat there, um, superstars like Tom Cruise, and um, I was there during the World Cup in Germany in 2006 oh, as well. Amazing. So that was the atmosphere was electric then, and yeah, we had loads of you know, football star stars come and eat there, past and present. And um, but, but yeah, still, look, it's still going now. Oh, it's still it is, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's a busy place. Is that, that where good. you learnt Italian food? Um, yeah, well, I guess kind of funny, isn't it? In Berlin, I learnt Italian exactly, food. Exactly, yeah. Probably a little bit of, in London as well. There are a lot of um, yeah. Italians in London yes. and and Berlin. Um, I think Berlin probably, you know, a lot of them just head north and 
get away from Italy or whatnot. But um, yeah. yeah, there was a lot in in, in Berlin, so. Um, so I did hone my Italian skills there, absolutely. Yeah. And did you work? I mean, chefs always some um, site mentors or people that really change their careers. Yes. Is there somebody that you learned that from in Berlin? Definitely, yeah. Look, uh, my old exec chef there, um, Loriano uh, Mura. Um, he was uh, he was the chef there at the restaurant. Um, super busy place, but yeah, he was he was really passionate um, Italian chef. Um, it was quite difficult when I when I first went to the kitchen. Uh, I didn't really speak any German. I definitely didn't speak any Italian. Um, and all they spoke was German and Italian in the kitchen. So it was, it was a lot of learning by just looking and watching. Um, and I went to, to German school during the day before work so to learn German. You would have been one busy person. Yeah. Isn't it funny? Um, my, uh, one of my best friends is Mexican. And we, when she moved to Sydney, my, you know, we, I was teaching her English. But the way that we did it was through food. Yes. So she, was a, she is a dietitian. And she said, look, let's just go into the garden oregano was something that you could easily have an yes. accent for and it could turn yes. into an English word. So I think food's probably a really good place to start when it, you're learning a language. Absolutely, yeah. You can learn a lot from, um, I think, just by watching. Um, you know, watching and obviously tasting the food as it's, as it's coming up. Um, I think, yeah, it's just, it's a wonderful, uh, I guess, medium to, to work through and uh, in different cultures and, and languages and so forth. Because um, at the end of the day, I mean, everyone, everyone's got to eat. Um, I think food always really brings people together. Yep. as a bunch of you know family or friends or, or even strangers at that be. So how long did you spend over living over in Europe? Uh, seven, seven and a half years I think it was. So I did a lot of travelling around Europe, um, did a lot of you know Western Europe, um, Scandinavia, I saw a bit of Scandinavia, um, went to yeah, Turkey, um, Czech Republic, yeah, a lot of, lot of different places. So, so when you, and you decided to come home? Yeah, yeah, I just sort of had enough I guess and wanted to come home. Um, I was, well, what was I showing my age now, maybe 31, 32 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, we all do that about the end. Oh, yeah, what should I do with my life? Business. Absolutely. So, um, didn't want to go back to Sydney because I'd, I'd spent like four years in Sydney prior to that. Um, and it's a bit of a rat race, Sydney, I think. So, yep. wanted to come north to Brisbane. Uh, you know, home's Ballina. So, it's Did not too far. Did you think you're going down there to work first? Not really, though, because I suppose at that time it wasn't really that much down there for me. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, family, which is, means a lot to me. But um, I suppose gastronomy style, that not a whole lot was, was back. But as you and I were saying before, how much has that changed? Oh, but in a very short time. In a short time, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, you think Brisbane's come leaps and bounds since I've returned back in December yes, 2008, absolutely. I think. But, yeah, the, the Northern Rivers is, is fantastic. Well, look at Benny Devlin with his... Absolutely, uh, yeah. Like, like, he started off from Brisbane, obviously, went down to Cabarita, and now he's in Pottsville of all places. And just and won the best regional Absolutely, yeah. So, um, so does things like that inspire you? Absolutely, yeah. I think it's great for um, little small um, places like, well, small coastal towns like Pottsville and Cabarita and... Um, and, and the northern New South Wales as a region um, because sort of growing up there wasn't really that much there you know you had the fish and chip shop you had the the Aussie Chinese sort of restaurant I guess <laughs> back in those days you might have had a Mexican place or something but yeah. um, that, it was pretty limited back in those days. So I guess that sort of stuff resonates with you because you've grown up on the farm you've grown up in that region which they call God's country as, yes. we, as we know um, so when you watch it from the city now and you, it makes your heart sing but do you one day think you know, maybe I'll take the kids. Yeah, You've look, absolutely. Yeah, I've got three little yeah. boys. Uh, they are seven, five, and three and a half. Yes. Um, and a beautiful wife. Um, so she's always talking about moving out to the country to get some more yeah. land for the boys to run around. And yeah. Um, yeah, look, absolutely. You never know what's in the future and what opportunities might come up. Um, but yeah, look, it is a wonderful place to grow up and. Yeah, I have really great memories of growing up down there. I can see that in your future for sure. But for now, let's go back to. I love that this. I do these podcasts outside. I don't. I'm. You know. I don't follow those rules of studios no, no. and stuff. 
play a bit of music on and off yeah, we go. Good. But today we've just got, I don't even need any music. So we've got sirens, we've got industrial everywhere and we're sitting in Brisbane town, which is Australia's fastest growing international city. So you've landed here in a place called Polpetta and it is an Italian restaurant inside the Art Series Hotel, the Vincent Fantuzio, the Fantuzio Hotel, which is Vincent Fantuzio's artwork seeped through and amazing through this beautiful hotel that is built into the cliffs and you're heading up uh you're the executive chef for polpetta and fumi which is the rooftop bar that we're sitting on so tell us a bit about this and and what your plans are for this beautiful space yeah look we're only quite new we're, we're about six months old now um i came on board quite late only about four weeks prior to opening so it was a it was a mad scramble to the finish line uh, basically had to hire the whole kitchen brigade uh, fit the kitchen out, write menus and, and get the place up and running. But we did it. I don't know how, but we did it. Um, and, yeah, look, it's been an extremely um, busy place and really popular. Um, we've basically doubled the size of the kitchen brigade since we opened. That's how busy it's been. Um, and we continue to grow as well. And, yeah, look, Polpetta um, serves um, home-style uh, Italian food. Uh, we focus on house-made pasta, so all the pasta is made in-house, um, with the exception of the gluten-free pasta. Um, and just, yeah, really sort of traditional Italian-style menu with your, your starters, your antipastos, and then moving on to your, your pastas and your proteins. Um, we've got a beautiful rooftop bar up here, which we're sitting at now. Um, oh, just like there's infinity a cas- pool yes, looking out over the, infinity pool. the city. It's pretty spectacular. Yeah. Uh, and then the bridge, obviously. So, but, um, yeah, look, we're only, like I said, six months old. We've got some really great plans here. We want to do, um, yeah, we want to launch breakfast upstairs, upstairs on the weekend on, up in Fumi. Um, and do a few more things in Polpetta as well. So uh, we're really excited and looking Polpetta forward. Polpetta means meatballs. Meatball, absolutely, yeah. Fumi so means... Uh, river, river, river bar, yeah. Well, so that makes so much sense. Absolutely, so yeah. Um, but, you know, we're not trying to do anything cutting edge here. We just want to offer really great Italian food um, and focus on that house-made pasta. When so. I met you um, a few months ago, I really liked the way we had a chat. I was doing an interview on your food, and but you were talking a lot about culture and your kitchen and that you had a couple of, um, I was, we're talking about the younger chefs that are in there and you, I think you've got a lady in there who's a little bit older and Italian. Tell us a little bit about how you recruit your staff and the authenticity of that. Yeah, look, um, you know, authenticity speaks a lot about a venue, I think. Um, obviously, being an Italian venue, um, I must say we don't actually have a lot of Italians. My sous chef's Italian. Um, but That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it, it is, it is. Um, he's new. Yes. Um, he's great. Yeah. Um, but look, yeah, I, the way I recruit is, um, and my kitchen's probably a little bit different to most. Um, I have a lot of female um, oh, staff in the kitchen. Think I think you're that's onto something there. Really good. So, um, you know. Organised, clean. Organised, clean, yeah. Able so, to do yeah, more yeah, than yeah, one task at a time. Multi-task. Not writing off men here, by no, the way. No, 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 not at all. But um, yeah, they're, they're fantastic. So. Um, not so much throwing knives. No, and, like, no, no, no. That's a bit of an old school. That's done and dusted. <laughs> that's, that's done. So, you can't do that anymore. Yeah, can not you? at all. No, no. no and so, you wouldn't do that in no, your kitchen, no, anyway, so. Stephen. But um, yeah, look, I look for people that are really serious about their food, um, that want to come to work and make a difference, and and help push the restaurant forward every day. Um, you know, someone that's got a great attitude. I think um, that's the, the foundation for a successful person. Um, we can teach them how to cook and and um, be a great chef. So they always say, um, you know, this is another one of those puns, the fish rots from the head down. You are definitely uh, running a team from, you know, you're leading from the top and leading by example. So you're an exec chef, but you're on the tools, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, look, I hate stuck being in office. Um, I'll, I'll admit I do spend too much time in the office, but that's that's hotel life on for you. That's called budgets. Budgets and, and <laughs> payroll and all the rest of it, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but I do love being on the tools, definitely. Um, 
I'm uh, I'm a chef that actually goes out into the dining room as well and speaks to his customers. A lot of chefs, mm. so I think, are a bit scared of doing that, but mm. that was something I learned in Europe. Mm. Um, and I also had my own business for, for six years as well, so I learned to, to deal with... Um, that was a catering business? Yeah, correct, here in Brisbane, yeah. Dealing with clients um, face-to-face. And yep. It's important for a chef to go out into the restaurant and get feedback, I think, on the food. Well, chefs, made, chefs um, food is made with love. So you've got to know what who the chef is absolutely. to make the food. Absolutely, yeah. And I think it's important that, you know, what I think may be great on a plate or looks and tastes great, you know, maybe the customers don't. So we need to we need to look at that and maybe change the way we cook yeah, that. So what you're saying is you're happy with feedback. Yeah, and, absolutely, And being a, yes. new, a new space, um, you've probably had a little bit of feedback. Fent, yeah. You service the, um, how many rooms in the hotel? Uh, so we've got 166 rooms in the hotel. Um, we've got three conference spaces and we offer 24-hour uh, room service as well for the hotel guests. So pretty much majority is coming out of the hotel? Yeah, but we do get a lot of uh, locals and, and obviously um, guests to Brisbane, um, frequent the, the restaurant obviously. Um, weekend bref- breakfasts are extremely busy. We're doing about 150 covers for weekend breakfast. Um, we do an Cart breakfast as well. Is this the first time you've um, been in a restaurant that services a hotel? Uh, second, second place, yeah. Yeah, because it, it'd be quite different from having. Very different, yeah, very different. So you're um, juggling a lot right now. Yeah, definitely, yeah, absolutely. I mean, traditionally, I guess restaurants, you know, you might be doing lunch and dinner or, or, or just dinner or, yeah, breakfast, lunch and dinner, but. There's a lot more, I guess, to the hotel side as well. Um, we've got guest um, satisfaction and sediment to, to look after as well. Um, so it's not just making sure that all our, our restaurant guests are happy, that, but that the actual hotel guests are happy as well. So. And then, Paul Petter, because that local Italian fare, you want to be one of those um, institutions that Brisbaneites can come Absolutely, to Absolutely, well. yeah, yeah. And what we've, what we've always set out to do from, from day one is create an affordable um, Italian restaurant that, that people can come and and use, you know, if, whether they live in Brisbane and, and walk away without spending a fortune and mm. um, just have a really great night, um, great service, great Italian food, you know, great wine. So the I whole experience. I always think, you and I spoke about this before, like there's some really good Italian restaurants out there, but they have that Australian edge to them that they're almost fine dining. And yes. I don't see Italian food as fine dining. No. I'm heading over there again in December and yes. it's, it's that simple kind of really, first and foremost, it's hospitality, yes, which is really correct. important. Yeah. Um, from the kitchen out and then secondly it's just it's, it's affordable it's authentic it's fresh and it's simple yeah. so do you think that's what you've brought to the table yeah here? look I'd like to think so um, I think our menu price point reflects that um, and certainly by using the freshest most seasonal sort of ingredients um, you know, whether it be a, a, a tomato it's the best most flavoursome tomato that we can find with you know with the basil and the, and the burrata for example or whatever it might be oh but burrata just, why did you have to mention burrata oh, how good is it so good it's before delicious before I go you're getting me some burrata yeah absolutely no problem there. <laughs> um, is that from the northern rivers uh, it's from Brisbane actually from Casamotta so they make it there they do yeah yeah just in um, Mansfield actually a so. couple of Italian guys that have opened yeah, up a yeah, shed absolutely. yeah 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 they've been around for a little while now but um, yeah Alessandro he's been making um, buffalo mozzarella and um, ricotta and so forth for, for a number it. of years. So they so. just happened to pop up. Yeah. So there was, you know, a few years ago we were talking about the dying art of, of chefing, you know, oh, actually quite, let's say over a decade ago, before the master chefs and, and all that of the world came out. And it would have been hard for guys like you that are really passionate about, you know, about your job, like being a plumber or an electrician. You can't let those trades die. So how do you entice the younger generation to come through? Or if, if a young guy was saying, I'm thinking of, you know, leaving school and being a chef, what, what's your advice? Look, um, it is hard because um, we do work unsociable hours. Um, I will say that the hours are getting a lot better and the working conditions are a lot better than that were when I first started. What, how, what, how's that happening? Um, oh, look, I think um, corporations are coming to realise now that you, know, you, can't, you can't work chefs for you know, 50, 60 plus hours a week, um, that there needs to be a balance in lifestyle. 
um, and that's that's a really great way to to encourage new new people into the industry. Mm. Um, they need to have that work life balance. Well, they um, need support. wellness and sustainability. Absolutely, you can't yeah, expect yeah. Them to make sustainable food if they're no. not sustaining themselves. Absolutely, and it's it's hard for for I guess for me and, and other restaurant owners, and not that I own the place, but I treat it as my own. Um, you know, you see negative feedback from from reviewers and stuff because at the end of the day, everyone's a reviewer now and. Little do they know that the chefs might have been working 14 hours a day, and you know, two people are called in sick, and they're they're really trying their best. But um, yeah, that's so actually it is. interesting because you and I spoke about this. That person will remain nameless, yeah. um, and I'm sure there's only been one. When, if you were to get a review or a customer that was unhappy, do you not think it's better to just do the old-fashioned come and have a chat? Because you're the sort of guy, you're on the pass there, absolutely, I can see yes, you. Yeah. You could go and talk to you, couldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. Like, I, I welcome feedback, and like I said before, like I go into the restaurant, um, not every service, but I do try and get out as much as possible and, and just talk to guests to get that feedback because um, for me there's nothing worse than if, you know, if a customer's eaten all their meal and they said, oh, you know, whatever was wrong with it. You know, if they would have told us at the start or after yeah, a couple of mouthful, we, we could have recooked it or fixed it or. Offered and do you think it's a bit harsh when reviewers come in? Because you know how we live in that digital age yeah, now, and, and I'm a, a bit guilty yeah. as well. Yeah. You've got to get that story. I don't actually like writing that way. I like yes. to spend time and and wait for people to get their feet on the ground, yes. get their team organised. Yes. But these days, it's like who can get the story first? Exactly, and this Fantuzio this yeah. went crackerjack with national media. Yeah. I actually held back a little bit. Because I thought, you know, I just want these guys to just settle in a bit, whether yeah. it's the um, hotel staff or the kitchen staff. But I think it's a bit harsh when they kind of come in before you've even got your feet on the ground. How do you deal with that? Yeah, look, it is it is hard. Um, I do take it personally sometimes. Yes. But, um, look, you, yeah, you got to just try and, I suppose, move on. Take... Do you invite them back and say, hey, guys, you know, do you want to come back in? Yeah, or... look, we have done in the past. So, you know, we've contacted them, sent out an email. Um, we had a very good example at my previous workplace where someone was really unhappy and um, it actually was one of those terrible nights um, that they'd come in for dinner and it was a hotel restaurant as well, or the, the restaurant was next to the hotel. But we, we had to service um, a bunch of uh, passengers that had been stranded on a plane, a delayed flight or whatever it was. See, there are all those nuances and that these, people don't know. Yeah, <laughs> this person obviously didn't know that we, you know, we had suddenly had 50 people come from the airport turn up on our doorstep and we had to feed them it's and probably accommodate like a them. Tuesday night or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. So, but look, we turned that story around. We, we contacted them and we explained um, what had happened. Not that it was an excuse thing, but uh, we invited them back to another, another evening. Um, look, they came back and they couldn't stop raving about it and... That's that's fantastic. But that I think sort of that's like it's like um it's like just any day really. Everyone has a bad day. Yeah, or... we're all human. At the end of the day, we all make mistakes. And like I think as well, at the end of the day, we're cooking food. We're not, we're not doing brain surgery or that. science. Yeah, exactly. You know, we're we're, we're cooking food. So it would be like me going to their office and going, oh, why is you know why is your desk a mess? You know, can I can I can I use your computer? You I know, I think it's become open it's, slather with kitchens it has, because it of these has. shows that are around. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, and it's it is frustrating, annoying, but yeah, you just got to cop on it's the chin, I guess. It's actually going to take guys like you, guys like Simon Gloftus, um, guys that are so passionate about the industry, have been yep. doing it for what are you? You've been yeah, I've been doing plus years. yeah, I've been doing it for twenty three or four years, I think now. Yeah, so, so yeah. guys like you, and then distillers and and brewers and all that. Yeah. I feel like there's this paradigm shift, and I feel like the younger generation are going to start looking at and going this is a good career for me yeah that's right it, it's an amazing career like it's taken me overseas i've had some wonderful opportunities to meet some great people um but just working with amazing craftsmen as well in their trade um and you know that you know i don't know i just couldn't sit at a desk and work nine to five so mm. i don't know yeah it's funny because you've got three boys i've got we're at different ends of the um, spectrum of our children but our younger sons right now doing hsc exams as we speak and he's like, oh, why is this this pressure of, of uni, mum? I might take some time off. So yes. he's actually working 
he was working on the gate at the Hus Distillery and now yeah. he's bottling out the back. And I said to him, look, you don't have to go to uni. Why don't you start at a really cool company and yeah. work your way up, which is like an apprenticeship, Yeah, right? absolutely, absolutely. And he's like, oh, that sounds good. You know, he wants to make money. He's happy to hang out there. Yeah. And I just think... You know, that's the thing with chefing or any of those old school um, occupations that have yes. been around forever. If we can encourage the youth to go in there and do these, whether they become farmers, distillers, yeah, whatever it might be, chefs, yeah. aren't we going to be a better place and maybe sustain the world? Absolutely, yeah. My, my One tomato exactly. at a yeah, time? Absolutely, that's right, yeah. I mean, yeah, I think trade's a fantastic um, thing to get into and, yeah, I'm just so passionate about food and I just love it. So awesome. after you do this, because I could imagine you stay here for a while, you're not the sort of guy that comes in, fleets no, in, fleets no, out. No, no, not exactly, no. What can all. we expect from you, let's just say, in five years' time? Where would you see yourself? Oh, no, it's a tough call. I mean, yeah, where where does anyone see themselves in five years? But, alive, um, Yeah, alive, yeah, definitely, yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, especially with three boys, yeah. Yes. They don't kill me. Yes. Um, I'm not sure, but, yeah, look, I really, it's a hard question. Like I, I, like, I really enjoy my job here, and I just recently went and had a coffee, um, down here at the roastery, uh, there's a coffee roastery here on site at Howard Smith Wharves before yep. starting work and it's not something I often do but had a, had a bit of time to kill and just sat back and was like what a great precinct this is. And, you must do and that And there's just Steven. like you forget like sometimes you know you drive into the car park and you walk straight yeah. into work yeah. and get straight into it but it's yeah. just like it was good that I went and had a coffee and it's just so much and going on. What's like, going yeah, on. like you know, yeah. felons has always got. They're always building and making. Extensions. So that's a brewery in front of us. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. We've got a brewery in front of us. They've just built another deck, and there's a great ship down here for the kids Dude, to play on. Dude, you had the um, good food guy. Yeah, we had the good. Were you part of that? No, we weren't. No, we had quite a few people come and stay with us. Um, we had a lot of the guys from Maryvale. That's Group. a bit of a Melbourne thing, usually. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, <laughs> it's it almost like the Howard Smith Wolves stole it. for Brisbane. So um, I love it. I was actually away on holidays during that that time. Um, but yeah, I heard everything was quite good. Um, I think it was a bit of a wild party in one of the hotel rooms. From, oh, yeah, from a couple right. Of people, oh, yeah. So, well, but, yeah. Those people, they're Absolutely. not chefs. They weren't chefs, No, were they? probably not at all, not at all. So. <laughs> They'd be PR. Probably, yeah. Okay, so. so I always... Thank you so much. This has been really cool, buddy. I can sit here all day and chat with you. Um, I want to. I always end the, pod, the podcast with uh, being people to place. I want to know who inspires you as a person, but a place that inspires you. Look, I love being by the beach. I guess that's because I grew up down there. Um, Anything by the, the coast, I think, is always calming and, and inspiring. Um, probably don't get to the beach as much these days, but running a busy place and family and whatnot. But, yeah, look, northern New South Wales, where I grew up, we've just recently come back from a five-day camping trip for the with the family down at Brunswick Heads, and that's that's a great spot. Oh, so, good yeah, on you. So really, out of all the places you've been to in the world, yeah. you would say that the northern, northern rivers... Northern rivers is magic, yeah. Look, I mean, Europe's great. Um, you know, we've got some fantastic islands over there um, and, and obviously cities as well. But, yeah, northern rivers is just great. It's just a really relaxed, friendly sort of place. Um, we went to Melbourne afterwards without the kids. That was great as well. Morning to Peninsula, so oh, yeah. Oh, that's where I'm from, dude. Yeah, yeah okay, from right. There. Yeah, right. Makes sense, right? Yeah, we went to Jackalope down there. It was, oh, it was... did you stay there? No, no, I couldn't oh. afford to stay there. But no, we went to the restaurant, doop, doop, doop. What did a... you think? Yeah, magic. Yeah, really, really good. Um, yeah, so food. that inspires you. Places yeah, like Melbourne inspire Absolutely, you. yeah. You know, a lot of great restaurants and great chefs in a in a, in a you know, a city of such as like Melbourne. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was good to get out there. Uh, we had dinner at... Um, um, down the peninsula too? Yeah, we, uh, sorry, we went, um, yeah, so we stayed at Portsea, yeah. uh, lunch at Jackalope, um, and um, Donovan, sorry, on the Friday night we had dinner oh, yeah, at Donovan's yeah, as well, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a, a Have Melbourne we got that chef back yet in your head, St. Peter? Uh, Josh, <laughs> is it Josh Nealon, didn't it? Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I, I think s- he's, he's been doing some amazing stuff. Well, ta- um, just, well, let's... Yeah, Josh Nealon, that's him, yeah. Josh Nealon, nice, well done, I love that. See, the memory does come back yeah. here. 
And you didn't even use Google then, so I no. like that. So tell me about Josh. What what, what inspires you? Look, I think he's doing some really amazing stuff with fish at the moment. Um, obviously, he's not doing any Italian or any of that, but um, just with fish in general, he's using the old school um, nose to tail sort of um, concept um, that you know many chefs have done with with animals such as pork and, uh, pork and beef and so forth. But he's doing it with seafood. Um, and he's just doing fish sustainable well, too, seafood like... in a whole new level that no one's ever done before. Really? Yeah, like you know, That's dry aging to... fish and that sort of stuff. I think it's fantastic. That's going really back cool. to the Italian way though, because they it cook is, up yeah. the heads and yeah, the eyes. True. And... Absolutely, yes, yes. But we don't usually um, do that. We haven't done a lot of that in Australia. No, not at all. You know, like sausages from from fish and that sort of things. Really? Um, yeah, a fish sausage. Really, yeah, really different sort of stuff. And I think he's. Cutting edge, like I'd like, I haven't eaten at his restaurant, but I'd love to go down and eat his. Dude, restaurant. I've never heard of a fish fish sausage. Yeah, before. who? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no one's ever made them really, have they? Really, mate? Simple. I've done scallop sausages once upon a time, but um, you yeah, have. Yeah, done, yeah, yeah. Wow. So. Well, hey, let's go because we've both got to go back to work because it's a bloody Tuesday. Yes. And um, thank you so much, Stephen. It's always a, a pleasure. Thanks so much.